Something I just said, man, write down your goals to the point of everything's biblical. And uh, don't make your, your hustle your part of your income and, 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 and make it part of your lifestyle. You have to let that money stand, stand alone. And that's the biggest mistake, people, in our culture, why we, we don't succeed is we, we spend our money on the most. And so the money don't work for us. How's it going, guys? And welcome to another episode of Secrets of Silent Success. Today we have the one and only Monty Brown. How are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Good, good, good. So we'll jump right into it, all right? All right. So tell me, for you, what's the importance of business ownership? Uh, the most important thing is being consistent in what you do, uh, being able to adapt to the change and, and, and investing in yourself. I think most business owners I've ran across and myself is they're not willing to, first of all, they don't reinvest in, in themselves by going to training classes, buying the actual tools they need to be successful, and trying to and thinking ahead and plan and set up actually setting up a business plan, yeah, to grow the business. So and that's something I can just say I've been doing for the last what twenty years. Yeah, really just reinventing myself and growing. Got you. Where did that that mindset come from to continue to reinvent yourself to continue with learning? Where did that come from? Well. You know, I graduated from Jackson State. Um, they kind of planted the seeds. They mm -hmm. always said, uh, "Make sure you rely on your your network, sure, and uh, don't burn any bridges." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and education is continuous. Sure. So, uh, and then I can just say work ethic. Just uh, just growing up with my grandmother and mother, mm -hmm. uh, they instilled that work ethic in me. So yeah, that plays a lot of factor in it. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned Jackson State. You're a graduate of Jackson State. You guys are doing big things. Uh, yeah, now. we got Coach Dion, Coach Prime. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows now. Doing, doing, <laughs> doing big stuff now. Uh, tell me just the the importance of uh, HBCUs, and you know what was your experience like going to an HBCU? Man, my experience is uh, it's uh, reality. Is it's just family in so many mm -hmm. words. I may have just graduated from Jackson State, but. I have friends that we pick up, whether they went to FAMU, Alcorn, Morehouse, Howard. Mm -hmm. That relationship is automatically picked up. So we know each other. We know our struggles in a sense. Mm -hmm. So, and, 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 and some people say uh, people that went to PWI, we kind of harder on them than going to HBCU. You know, they say HBCU people can have a little arrogance or ego about themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha you, gotcha you. what i guess i would ask what's the importance of i guess you you almost explaining camaraderie mm -hmm. that you had at an hbcu as opposed to someone like myself went to a pwi sometimes you're the only black man in that classroom right like how what, what's the importance of that camaraderie how do you think it sets you up for success man uh is is competition in a sense and um okay. and you're always trying to see what the person Besides you is doing, and sometimes they mind they mind sharing, and sometimes they don't. Sure. But at the same time, you want to make sure if you see something that person has, you you want to go after it and make yourself point of being known known sure. in a sense. So you know at the PWI, you know you 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 automatically stand out. So at at HBCU, I want to be the one standing out, and what I got to do to stand out. Either I'm gonna be the person that's with all the grades. I'm, I'm going to join be on the football team, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure. You know, you dot your I's and cross your T's. Sure. You know, and that's how it is. I think just by 
never really thought about it, but being HBCU, we you know we have a little role we have to play in mm-hmm. order to to get ahead, whether it's on campus or in corporate America. Yeah, we're trying to not so much fit fit in, but stand out. Yeah, so staying on that the the theme of college, what were your? I know we talked a little bit off camera, but what was your initial plans uh, going into college and coming out? My initial plan was uh, I had wrote my goals down when I graduated from high school. My goals were kind of simple. I was on graduate for BS in accounting. Didn't plan on having any kids. I was not going to live in Jackson, Mississippi. I down to the even car I had I had a two forty. I bought the car, so I did all those in the course of ten years. So you know, hitting my twenty eighth your class reunion so um and then I got in corporate America it really wasn't for me so I set up some other goals and start and I think going back to college they said they mentioned to always have something going on outside of corporate America mm-hmm. so they planted the seed to be an entrepreneur so um from there I've, I've I've done different businesses but besides real estate you know mm-hmm. I did a vending machine business I've done a um I was looking into a cleaning, uh, uh, um, janitorial business, mm-hmm. um, and then I got into you know listening to that guy Carlton Sheets at the time on on uh, and Robert Kiyosaki on mm-hmm. on real, rich dad poor dad flipping houses and I bought all the books, listening to Susie Orman. Yeah, <laughs> so so and um, and and kind of the goal was to be an investor, mm-hmm. and so. And and it just went hand in hand being in being in being in finance and working for a real estate investment company, and um, and doing real and taking real estate class and being an investor, all of it went together. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of things I want to talk about there. The first is uh, you sounded very goal oriented, down to the car that you wanted, and they were very specific. <laughs> when did you start uh, making? Well, writing down those goals or, or planning those goals, and and how did you uh you know achieve those? How did you take those bite-sized pieces to achieve those goals? Man, taking a chance. A lot of times is um I I knew I had to always position myself for whatever I want, whether it was uh for the car I, had, I saved up for it, mm-hmm. and um I saved up for it for for Dallas. I moved out here with no job. Wow. And so, but I knew, like I could recall, I stayed with uh, some friends and um. Uh, I didn't stay with them long because they put me out, but I realized to always plan for the next because you you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. So that's been my mo. Maybe I've always been impulsive in so many ways, okay. and people say you don't have any patience, and I really don't. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. And 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 most of my anyone that knows me said, man, you always think about the next move. Mm-hmm. It's like chess. Sure, sure. So, and 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 that's the game of life. You, it's like, what's your next move? Most people get stagnant and only think think outside of it. And yeah. so, you you feel like you realize you have a conversation with yourself. So, my way of thinking has always been different amongst my peers. Okay. Well, now I want to talk about that. <laughs> so, I was gonna ask. My next question was gonna be: They planted that seed of entrepreneurship while you were in corporate America, right? Mm-hmm. And they were saying, "Hey, you need some outside of." entrepreneurship but not everybody takes that bait you took that bait right and i'm assuming that's because you think differently than your peers correct so h- how where, where does that come from how do you feel that you started to think differently than your peers well me and my i say me and my best friend I, and i say we would go back and forth like the rich dad poor dad and um uh he, his dad was educated get a good education try to try to try to try to move up you know, get your get your master, get your doctorate yeah. to move up. 
And and as I proceed, I'm like, you know, and I go back. I'm just using my wife. I go back and forth. I'm like, why am I gonna get another edu- uh, go get another degree? What are they gonna get paid? How much more money they gonna pay me? Like ten thousand dollars more, mm-hmm. which is not enough to to factor in the debt yeah. of getting another degree. But um, I've always think of the numbers of my time. You can't, you can't, you have to maximize and buy back your time. Most people don't put a put a value on their time. Mm-hmm. So, and I've always thought about that. I'm like, why am I gonna spend almost a hundred grand, fifty grand, go get a master, just to get a ten, maybe twenty thousand dollar raise? It don't add up. Sure. And so, and so that be, and so with that being said, I was like, I would think of different ways to generate income. Mm-hmm. And so, and and just going back to my 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 buddy, and I can recall we used to promote parties or have parties. We used to always he wants to do them free, and I'm like, we should charge. Nah, man, we need to do it free. I'm like, oh man, this dude he don't get it. Yeah. And so it was always trying to get people to, you know, they then they they said they my nickname is Money B. Yeah. So you always <laughs> think about money, man. You ain't you know, I'm like, and I was and I would go back to us being in colleges. He'll get a hundred dollars salary on Friday. He'll be broke on Sunday, and then we'll be we'll argue over twenty five cents. Um, I will pay for back then. McDonald's like three twenty five. I I break my five. He said, "Man, let me get that quarter." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I was like, "Man, I ain't give you no quarter. I saved my change." You know? yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. That's my quarter. Hey, yeah. So we'll go back and forth, literally arguing over quarter. And yeah. you know, I don't wanna be you know, put it out there, but we'd be ready to just bump in like and and we would always go back and forth on just you know, here's more structure, yeah, mine's some more like freelance of how I'm gonna do it. So sure. and so and that's that's the reality and I'm and it didn't sit in until for me, you you never know because you, I wasn't around anybody that, that truly was a you know, my other friend Chris, his parents own their own funeral home, but I want to round them close enough to sure. grasp hold of the information. I'm a sponge when it comes to knowing somebody's business and and seeing what they're doing, and I can add it to mine to yeah, figure yeah. it out. So, yeah. yeah. So one thing that I struggle with is is something innate or can it be learned? I feel like myself, I had that that same bug of I can monetize this. Mm-hmm. Even third grade, I'm, I'm making little pictures. My grandmother's <laughs> friends come from church, and they oh I like them. <laughs> hey, you give me two dollars, it's yours. Yeah, right. But is that something that's innate? Is that something that can be learned? Because I feel like, like I, I saying it's innate doesn't give us any credit, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, you were born with it, you weren't born with it. What, what's your thought process on that entrepreneurial mindset or that ability to, hey, I want to monetize whatever I can? Man, you know, and I'm just gonna go off of my uh, my my buddies I hang out with from that here, and we have an investment club, and so. And I had the fortune. I was fortunate to sit at the table with a uh, with with a group of Asian. And actually, the person that got me over here, he's down the hallway. A close friend of mine who's been friends for about twenty years. Got in real estate together. He's Asian, and he introduced me to Aria, which is Asian Real Estate Association. And that's really the first time for me I felt in the norm, meaning that I could talk to them, and they got about eight things going on. Hmm. And it was not like, damn man, you got a lot of stuff going on, man. You hustle, man, over them. Over there, they it's all – it's the norm. Yeah. Meaning they got – it's like they're they in their culture, and then some of my buddies they get a little upset because I, I – you know, I'm bragging on them. I'm mm-hmm. like, these dudes are the truth. You know, you being around about this, the truth, meaning like 
they just don't own want one house. They want ten houses. Mm-hmm. They just don't want ten houses. They want to own commercial buildings. They want to have like they have like Uber service. Some have like a I can't think of that little car service where they rent their vehicles out. Mm-hmm. So they got Airbnb. Tur- they got yeah. two roads. Yeah, they yeah, doing yeah. insurance. They it's like it's ongoing. And mm-hmm. then a lot of some guys like some of my clients I manage their properties for. They're buying a house in their twenties. For property management, brother and sister going together to buy their first investment property. In their twenties. In their twenties. Wow. Most the African American, we buy our homes in our mid forties, mm-hmm. in our forties. To live in. Yeah, to yeah. live in. Yeah. And so and then, you know, even when it comes to just you know, I get talked about about the houses I own, like why you live over here, you know, why you try this. And I'm like, dude, it's 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 I'm setting myself up for you know, for success. I'm trying to move on. So it's always a tug of war where they're going to buy a Lexus or a Ben, I'm riding around a Nissan kick or holding on to my two Ford or getting an older act. It was never like I'm going to buy something brand new from the parking lot. I'm like, dude, I need now you wanna talk about investment houses? I lose myself over. I go mm-hmm. I find some money to go do a house in a heartbeat, but trying to get them to see that bigger picture, you might as well just keep it yourself. But uh, being around other cultures, they, it's auto, it's automatic, you know. Just seeing around, you know, I'm the only black amongst Asian, and they look at me, why am I here? Mm-hmm. And and at the same time, I've been vetted. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Some a couple things I want to unpack there. The first thing is I hear that it's you thinking it may be cultural. Hey, you know, black American, you don't know what you don't know. Right. If you if you never been into a room or had that exposure, as I would say, to know, hey, these are the stream of incomes that's accessible to you to build the type of life that you would want, as opposed to just going and and, and getting the Lexus or the Benz, right. you don't even know that's available to you. So obviously that's a cultural aspect. But then you said another thing, you were like, hey, I can go tell somebody that, but if they don't want it, they don't want it. Right. One of the things that I struggle with in life, and Mr. Stanley, producer over there knows, I talk about this with everyone, you can take a mule to water, but you can't make it drink. You can't right? make So I always ask people, what is, what is your thought process on passing along that information and getting others to buy in like you can? It, you, it Does you, it not exist? or you, you know what, man? We're visual people mm-hmm. in our culture. And, and you know, I'm, I'm past president of a, a trade organization and, and uh, a black trade organization. That's the conference that I mentioned I came from. And, um, and when I became president, I can go and just say, they gave me rules about leaving my other association I was part of. Because I started off with Asian before mm-hmm. I became that, you know, we, we're, we're good. But at the same time, um, we we put blinders on. You know, we want to enhance our blackness, but we want to take on our blackness. But at the same time, there are things that we, we need other communities for. And so people respect you more if you control your dollar. Mm-hmm. And, and most of us don't know how to control it. It's like we... You know, I can set you up like I go back and forth with my my wife and I say, hey, you you know, if you want something, you got to set yourself up for it. You mm-hmm. just or plan what you plan on doing. You can't be expecting somebody to uh, just give it to you mm-hmm. or make, a, you know, just appear at some, for, at some point. But and, and even putting people in houses, you know, it's like a house to them can be like a buffet. Mm-hmm. I tell them it's not your, this is your, your first house, not your last house. The average person living in a house like five years. But um, people that the mindset of being at home thirty years is has become obsolete. Sure. So, 
So just trying to see people don't people don't see that they kind of stuck in the ways, especially us, and and you know my circle friends that 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 they get it is small, mm-hmm. but it's like we you have to show people it's doable. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, and and you talk about your circle of friends. I think you had a Facebook post that was like, uh, if you you know hang around four broke people, you'll be the fifth, and then you can also exchange broke for rich, right? So tell me the importance of having uh, that that close network that have you know similar goals. Man, you know, and I use my buddy, my buddy down the hallway. Um, you know, he saw things I didn't see when it came to just being exposed. It's like, cause you know, I always ask person, are you first generation or second generation? And uh, as far as uh, being an entrepreneur, he's all, oh, man, I'm like third or fourth. Wow. And so here it is, and most of us like first or second of anything. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and it's at the same breath, but we run it down chasing degrees. Mm-hmm. And so you factor in, what is your degree worth? Does it match up to your debt with the, what you paid for? Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out how can I leverage what I my degree with what I have and then and then too we also we so big we so in a rush to go get the car to make it to appear that we are we we are a certain way in nationality we're not you know and that goes from people that's my age in their 40s and whatnot and mm-hmm. and you tell them all you got to do is you, you I remember when the market crashed and people were losing their house during the short sale I mean when a lot of short sales were going on and, you know, one of the things lenders do is they look and see your bank statements. Mm-hmm. And they can tell you. You cut out Papa Do's. You cut out getting your nails done every week. You cut out getting your hair cut every week. You can save about four or 500 bucks. And and most people don't do it. But I, I go look at the young lady she that I was dealing with. I'm like, you blow your mortgage 1200 and you blowing $800 on a car note. Yeah, I don't get it. So, yeah, a lot of things don't register, and you you can't make people see it that don't want to see it. So it's a waste of conversation. Mm-hmm. What made you see it? I know for me personally, growing up, didn't grow up in the worst circumstances, but didn't grow up in the best ones either, mm-hmm. right? So you didn't have a lot of exposure. It wasn't until I got into college, owned my own business, first generation. <laughs> as you just said, <laughs> first generation, I started meeting other black entrepreneurs, and I was like, oh, it's a... People live a little differently than, than I did, and then you start to want to attain some of the things that they have. It's not just riches, but it's wealth and health. It's wealth and relationships. It's wealth and network. When, what was your, I guess, turning point to say, like, hey, I want to attain that too? You know what? Um, I knew when, when I first flipped my first house back in, like, 2000. And, um, and uh, me and my buddy, we made, made like, $15,000 a piece. And so he went and got a Lexus. I went painting my two forty. <laughs> I, I went to the Amoco and bought and painted that two forty. And um, and uh, it was like two hundred bucks and bought me a nice little jacket. So I spent less than six hundred dollars. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. and so and and I I believe I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that you cannot make your hustle your your income. No more mistakes people do is make their hustle a part of the income, which means that it's part of their lifestyle. Your hustle or your money, your your part, your your vision for your business needs to stand alone, so that way you can see the money grow. So I had a separate account for 
just real estate, and then I had my job account, bank, my bill, bill account, and I was still retiring my 401k. And a lot of it just came from just reading books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Susie Orman about saving a certain amount. I can recall paying my car, but I still paid my pay act like I paid the, a the car Nissan. note. Yeah, the Nissan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I still act like I paid that car note. Yeah. And so and then and then I had a special account for that. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day you start looking like, damn, this money here has grown a lot. And you might see little stuff I got over there. I bank with everybody. So mm-hmm. and I understand but I learned that in corporate America, uh the company I worked for uh, the guy was like he was he 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 owned the the land over in the Farmers Branch off of six thirty five and mm-hmm. uh, one ninety, which is now Mercy Crossing, and um, he 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 had he's a, he was a genius as far as like how he structured himself to to do it, and and I just picked up on it where, you know, ever in certain things you do you see it and that's your vision, mm-hmm. and you're trying to convince somebody they don't see it, you know just. You might as well talk to yourself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So to to switch gears a little bit, talking about uh, what it is that you do here at BSA, you've been in the, the the industry for almost twenty years now. Can you just tell me about your real estate journey? Uh, real estate journey, man, is I've had some some highs and I, I've I've had some highs. I won't say lows. I've always had growth. Sure. Meaning, you have to plan for the harvest, and you got to be able to plan for when 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 things are. Things have slowed. Like right now, it's a tough market. But but going to training classes, you're ahead of the curve where everybody now is trying to trying to just figure it out. So for me, I started out trying to sell. I saved my money from corporate America. When they let me go from corporate America, I was already in position to start my own. Mm-hmm. I went back and forth with my mother for a year, a whole year. I was at that time I was married to a young lady. I was getting married to a young lady and um and she was like, should I tell my mom you don't have no job? I'm like, huh? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it goes back to saying, you know, black man, no job, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, and I got laid off November 22nd, 04. But I got laid off that Friday. And I was saying, man, this man laid me off. Man, don't he know I'm getting married? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <the master>. yeah. <laughs> and so I, another number. And, and so I remember the HR people sitting they were in the room, HR guy sitting there and my and my supervisor sitting there. I said, Oh man. I knew it I knew it was up. And I just, and I had just had a conversation with a, a, a coworker. I said, Man, they supposed to let me go anytime, not knowing they was letting me go that same day in the midst of the conversation. Yeah. Of me having with it. So and um, and then I said, hey, I'm going to make it easy for you guys. I said, well, you know, they were talking about what they were doing. And, and, you know, words have meaning. People can be creative as far as trying to get rid of you. I said, well, demote me, make me a, a, a staff, promote him, and I'm good. And keep it going. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I ain't want to really learn nothing. I just want to keep hustling. Yeah. You know, I, I, and what I realized, I was a, I was a bad employee. Hmm. I was a poor employee. And so I realized uh, you, 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 you reap what you sow. So yeah. I had several people that worked for me remind me of myself, you know, and they made it about themselves. So, but at the same time, I, um, you know, I jumped in real estate full time and, and never looked back. I yeah. argued my mother back and forth, and, and 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 the wife at that time was like, "You you looking for a job?" I said, "Man, I'm done with corporate America. It's a wrap." Mm-hmm. At the same time, I had money coming in. Why I'm gonna sit around here? I doubled my salary sitting behind somebody else's desk. Yeah. You know, that time, you know, I think, you know, six figures was, was good. That was good eating. So mm-hmm. I'm, 
and and you have to figure out how I'm gonna keep this money going. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so you've mentioned that you realized that you were a bad employee. Mm-hmm. Tell me when or how did you realize you were a bad employee? And now you are an employer of employees. How do you deal with those who may be un- underperforming or quote unquote bad employees? Man, you put it out there. A lot of people like real estate, they figure out a way to monetize where people say, I'm, I'm going to get my license. Yeah, okay. You know, and they know people, they have already stats how many people are going to keep their license. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, if like, I went to a conference and I paid for myself to go. And so, and I look at realtors and if they don't want to buy no sign, if they're looking for everything free, if they're not trying to go and pay for a training class to buy things for improvement, they're just taking up space and time, hmm. you know. So, and that's the thing, they're not taking it serious. And you want, they, my with my agents, I put it out there for them. I was like, hey. Who wants here want for me to mentor them? I can't. You're an independent contractor. You have to do it. As far as employee, I just maximize their time as far as the work that's being done. Like I have right now, I have two staffs uh, that work for me, and uh, she just got her license. I think she do fairly well. My staff here because she's consistent, and a lot of times, person got to know their why. Mm-hmm. The why they're doing it. What's what's going to? What are you doing this for? Your why will keep you in the game. If a person don't have their why, you know it's it's it, it's the light. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. How does the how does a person find their why? Man, you have to, your why can be your family. Your why can be your kids. Your why can be you need you you want you know you have to factor in what you want. Really, mm-hmm. sit down. You got to know yourself. Yeah. You know, mine's a generational wealth. Mm-hmm. So you know, I have two small kids. So that's. That's my why. Sure. It, I really wasn't it, it, because once money comes, it, it's one factor. Mine is can I pass this on? Uh, you know, you know. And I look at like Trump. Trump got his whole family around him. Him, and I don't like a lot of things. He, he he's he's like third, fourth generation. Mm-hmm. You start thinking about Rockefeller and them. These guys are like fourth, fifth generation passing major dough down. And in our culture, a lot of times people, you know, we need to we need to pass the hat to bury somebody. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, <laughs> literally, literally. Um, another interesting thing that you said that I think is also cultural. You talked about your your former wife or your wife at that time, and your mother was like, "Hey, a black man need to go get a job." I know for me, when I was in college, uh, the first semester I'm like, I'm focused on school. The second semester, I'm like, I gotta get a job, even though I was already doing freelance and things before I even got to college. Yeah. I knew how to make a dollar without going to get somebody else's dollar, right? But it was that that mindset that's ingrained in you. Black man need to get a job, right? So how <laughs> did you how did you overcome? I guess that that negativity about a black man need to get a job, and how can we just kind of reverse that that mindset and say, hey, entrepreneurship is a viable option? Well, right now it's it's I haven't you know I've been doing this since. Full time since the N O four, so six, you got sixteen, seventeen years in the fold. So, you know, and my mother sees. I talk to her almost every morning. Like she, when she was going to work, I was going to work. Sure. So, you know, you got a lot of people saying, "Man, you know, I, I get to when I get to. I work for myself." And so the early bird catches the worm. So by the time the average realtor, whoever gets started, you know, I've already took eight steps. Hmm. 
know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it's it's no, it's you know, you take vacation. People are like, man, I'm on vacation. I'm chilling. You know, I'm not built that way. I mean, I'm always thinking like the next. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, the next. <laughs> yeah, and it's and again, the 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 thinking two steps ahead is that something that's learned? Is that something that can be taught? Is that something that's just hey, that just man, Brown? <laughs> that that that's me. That's gotcha. me. That's me. That's me. So, and I just go uh, like my peers I'm around, and you know they 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 spend their time you know doing what they do. I'm you know I'm not one to hate on them, but yeah, yeah. you know, but people always tell me, "Chill out, man. You're doing too much." You know, uh, even my wife came in. You you left out. You came right in time. Went and worked in straight in work mode. You work mm-hmm. mode again. And I look at it like this. I'm like, if I don't do it, who gonna do it? In sure. so many words. In so many words. I said, seven goes wrong. Who you expect to fix it? Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying you become you become the solution for many people based off the your resources and the information you know. Sure, sure. Um, so, like you say, you you've had a business for 16, 17 years, and we've talked about some of the. The, the keys to running that business. But yeah, tell me some more secrets. Obviously you said early bird gets the worm, you gotta stay two steps ahead. <laughs> what are some other secrets of how you've had a successful business for 16, 17 years? Man, being in the right place at the right time, being prepared. Meaning like I can say when I got a hook contract, that was a multi million dollar contract. And that became that's because I was ready. Meaning that I always I I was a I, I was a broker for number one. I had a corporation set up. And and my old broker, he he put me in position to win. Meaning, like, um, he came. He had five brokers out of five hundred agents. He chose me as one of the fifth to go after this other contract. Life never been the same. Life changed right then. And so, um, and I put my name in the hat, submitted the bid, won, and 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 then I didn't have enough people. And then just doing people right. Mm-hmm. And so, he gave me that contract. And you know he now he didn't give it to me, but I submitted my paperwork because you needed to have like ten thousand dollars at that time, ten thousand dollar line of credit. Mm-hmm. You had to have a corporation. I had a, and then I had I was a broker. I had to be a broker. A lot of people when they set stuff up, they too busy trying to. Man, I need this. I need that, and they're not prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times when and that's why I created got these investment clubs. My buddy is when opportunities opportunities is available, you got to be ready. Well, it may not come back around. Sure. So, and that's my my thought process. I always be prepared for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've mentioned these investment clubs. This is something I'm just learning about here. That's not in the show whatsoever. <laughs> but um, tell me a little bit about those investment clubs and, and how you all got them started and, and kind of what goes into that. Because as 20-something-year-old black man, most circles, I can assume, are not talking about investment clubs. You know? Well, well me and my buddies, they've tried prior. It's it's right now. It's uh, seven of us for one of our groups, because I have two. Okay. So we started out uh, initial because it, it work 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 your way up. So we put initial like hundred bucks aside, then two hundred. Opportunity comes up, we'll dig deeper for it, and um, we end up investing in like when COVID kicked off. Um, we had a we had a disinfectant company, hmm. and we did well doing that. We invested about ten grand, but we pulled the money from our investment club and loaned it to this company we created called DAP. And so we had the money already planning when somebody needed a loan for just a, a small lending purposes. We've been able to lend money on that. That's just one thing we do, and then some of them have invested in other opportunities around the city. 
So that's because we, we initially initially put small amount of money aside every month. Because what you're doing is not so much you just you're gaining trust, mm-hmm. and you're seeing who's committed to growth. So that's how we, and then at the same time we've all created different avenues of income from that group. And we yeah. hang these are my boys I hang out with like once a week. Mm-hmm. And so you think about it, the people you most around, why not make money with them? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, so yeah, my fiance uh, uh, talked to me about that. She's like, yeah, everybody that you talk to, you share money with, whether it's your your friend from high school, whether it's the guys from college, my yeah. business partners uh-huh. we went to high school with, uh-huh. everybody. Um, how do you, and I know you talked about building trust, but how do you navigate that as these are people that you're close with, but you also share money with? Man, for me, I'm I'm a treasure for one, okay. and and people trust me with money. Mm-hmm. I've I've had people want to invest in what I do. Sure. I don't really gotta beg for too much money. I can come up with if I need it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it comes off the trust. But at the same time, I think like my other group, which um, which which was a group of um, we went from seventy of seventy real estate professionals, fourteen of us met of the fourteen. Six of us started the the initial investment club, but we we've only been established a year and a half. But the money, the and we we do we've done a lot a, a smaller amount of, of of investing. But we come across opportunities, especially in real estate, where we can invest in. And so we believe in the group, and so we lent money to the group so the group can help grow. Mm-hmm. So we can you know eliminate some of the the, the funding factor, the red tape. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's and it's a way of making money off your money at the same time, and seeing the group grow. So, it, and you we're pulling each other up. So, yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. Uh, I want to say about eighty to ninety percent of the black men that I've met or had exposure to that I would consider successful, mm-hmm. they they throw them all down. Yeah, I got an investment club. Oh, I got this investment club. They always throw them out there because yeah. obviously uh, uh, the dollars. Combined is more than just your dollar. Yeah, and I learned it from the Asian culture. So and mm-hmm. and and learned it from my buddy, and um, they pull the money together fast, real fast. I mean, it's it's just unreal how they throw money just to do it, and you know, and all the negative things they say that we don't do. I'm like, well, I'm doing it, so you know, we we can do it. Just you got to get put your ego aside, mm-hmm. and so just to do it, and so you you have to. We're visual people, so I, and that's why I post a lot of stuff. And I write stuff up to let people know I go left or right, and I may get like on some stuff. I may not get like on none, but <laughs> I'm I'm in tune with why we are the way we are. Mm-hmm. And I realize it's history. We, a lot of things been whitewashed. What's the truth? You know, you know we've we've owned entirely a lot, but we were also people oppressed. Mm-hmm. But some of us are true. You know, navigating. We gotta tap into our spiritual gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, you talked about posting. I, I've read some of those. <laughs> another, one, another one I liked is uh, you were like, I'd rather be completely exhausted from putting in the work to achieve something <laughs> than rest and achieve nothing. I know for me, when I lay down at night, if I'm not exhausted, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't feel fulfilled. I haven't done enough today. If when I lay down, I don't feel exhausted. Right. Right. What does your that that hard work that grit come from inside of you? Man, it come from my grandmother. My grandmother always say, get up and do something. She didn't care what it was. Hmm. You know, and my other cousins, they didn't take heed to the, the work, but I didn't have a choice. And so it's embedded. It's like, you know, I got to get it done. I got to do it right. I got to, you know, 
Don't my girl said don't lay around like a dog all day. You ain't no dog. Mm-hmm. Get up and do something. I don't care what it is. So my my, my in the back of my mind is I always say get up and do something. Get up and do something. So I get up early in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I start reading whatever I'm gonna, I'm gonna do doing research. It may be like four or five in the morning. My mind clicks mm-hmm. and I get in there and just start looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you gotta gotta get up and do something. You gotta get up and do something. Actually, what what tips uh, do you have for a new entrepreneur, somebody just getting into business? Man, um, something I just said, man, write down your goals to the point of everything's biblical, and uh, don't make your your hustle your part of your income, and and and, and make it part of your lifestyle. You have to let that money stand stand alone, and that's the biggest mistake, people. In our culture, why we we don't succeed is we we spend our money on the most, and so the money don't work for us. It's like when my buddies were promoting parties, and <laughs> I said, "Man, I said, man, y'all should put the, y'all should put the money up for the next part." Oh man, they want to split it up right down tonight. I said, "So how you reinvest? You got to reinvest in your stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you you got your equipment set up, so you." You're already set up for the reinvestment side of it, so, and and you putting it to work. So you got to look at how I'm gonna monetize this, mm-hmm. and you have to put like how can I make money off the things I enjoy. So and you got to enjoy what you do, and me for me is 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 constantly just learning, it's constantly helping helping people out, educating people, but at the same time I uh, I don't want to work for anybody, <laughs> <laughs> and working for someone working for for someone is not an option. Cool. We'll leave it there, man. That's, that's all I had. I appreciate it. That no was problem. good. Yeah. I said that that last. Uh, <laughs> that was fire. That last line. <laughs>